I love to write, and I do it every day, just for the heck of it, you know, just because I really love it. And I like the challenge. I love to see what's next. Welcome to The Yarn, a School Library Journal production. I'm Colby Sharp. Today, we continue our Unraveler series with author Candace Fleming. I sat down with Candace last November in St. Louis during NCT's annual conference to talk about the first book in her new series, Ben Franklin is in My Bathroom. A huge thank you to NCTE for providing us a spot to conduct the interview. If you aren't a member of NCTE, you really should consider joining. It is an amazing organization. Today, Candace talks about what it was like bringing the past to the present, writing her first series, and how a late-night NCTE conversation with yours truly helped provide a spark that led to this series. Take it away, Candace. Candace Fleming, Ben Franklin's in my bathroom, Schwartz Wade. It's about um, two kids, Nolan and his younger sister, oh my gosh, I've forgotten her name, is that funny? Olive, I knew them like the back of my hand, they were my best friends for my own children for a very long time. Olive and Nolan, um, and they receive a package, a surprise, um, surprise package. Um, that turns out to be uh, like one of those old-timey crystal radios that is more than just a crystal radio, so it actually brings people from the past into the present. And the first book has Benjamin Franklin. What is it like to bring people into the 21st century instead of me going back in time? Um, that, you know, it was a lot of fun because I got to think about how they would respond to who we are in the 21st century, um, how they would look at changes that they wrought in their own lives, what we're doing with that now, for, with the case of Benjamin Franklin 200 years later. What did we do with his discovery of electricity? Um, you know, the reason it's even called Ben Franklin's in the bathroom is because he's really enamored with indoor plumbing, which we take completely for granted. But Franklin himself was playing with the idea, you know, in 1780 when he built that last house, he wanted to have indoor plumbing. So um, it's, it's for, for me, it was sort of a stretch. I also think kids don't actually think about those people as being relevant to their day-to-day -day life. So they look back at history and they go, oh, these people did these things in a vacuum and it doesn't affect what I did or what I'm doing today. So um, that was part of the part of bringing them into the 21st century so that you can see that they actually do. These people that used to live before us, they still live with us every day. biography about Benjamin Franklin like what 10 years ago it's been a while now he's a guy I know I thought you know I thought to myself why reinvent the wheel if I'm gonna do um, somebody from the from the past if I'm gonna bring somebody back to the present day why reinvent the wheel I'm gonna use somebody I know really well um, that I can you know immediately connect to mostly because it's a series and so the first time through I'm just trying to figure out who my characters are you know what that setting is what the story is actually about and so it was one one part of the story that I didn't have to really think about too hard because I knew my Ben Franklin Ellen 
Eleanor Roosevelt, the book is done, you'll see that in the fall. Um, Eleanor Roosevelt is next again because I didn't um, want to have to reinvent the wheel. I've done a biography of Eleanor Roosevelt. I also, I couldn't help it, I had to do Eleanor Roosevelt because oh, I don't think you, know, this is not the first time you'll probably hear this from writers, but. Um, Current events really permeates everything I'm doing, it seems like. Um, so in this case, Eleanor will come back, and she's going to, to show Nolan and Olive things about democracy and how one voice makes a difference and you know, how you can make changes in your world. For, uh, for, for Ben Franklin, where I got the initial idea, I wasn't even going to, you know, I, it started, Ann Schwartz, my editor at Schwartz Wade, called and she said, do you want to do a series? And I thought, I've never done a middle grade series. Why not? I love to do, I love a challenge. Let's do something different, something I haven't done before. Um, and I didn't know what to do. Um, and I started out and I, my first, I finished half of it. I had this idea about this kid that was going to be on a reality show and he didn't want to be on a reality show, but his family got chosen. Convoluted, convoluted story. But, um, I wrote half of it, and then I realized it just wasn't any good. It, it wasn't, it, it just wasn't any good. Um, so then I thought to myself, what will I do? What, what do I know? History. And then I thought, I'm going to do something more serious, like children discoverers, you know, kids that have made great discoveries in history, blah, blah. Um, I was stuck. Um, so I talked to this very smart man at NCTE named Colby Sharp, um, who was hosting a party at, the, at one of the hotel lobbies, um, and yet gave me a, f a few minutes of his time. And I said, I'm going to write this middle grade, but what will I do? What will I do? And he said, funny. And I thought, funny? Yeah, funny history, which had never occurred to me before, considering that I think history in many ways is sort of hysterical. Um, so funny history. So there it was. Um, and from there it sort of, sort of, sort of took on its own life as writing does. So I thought, okay, funny history, I'll write Ben Franklin funny. And then I thought, no, let's bring him to the future. Everybody time travels. Have you ever noticed that people do books about history, especially series? They always go back in time. It's like, let's bring him forward. Let's bring him up. You know, let's twist it on its ear a little bit. So I'm hoping it's funny. I'm not sure. hardest part, there were two things. One, I had to figure out how to get rid of the parents. Um, I thought that was a really difficult thing, especially in the 21st century, where um, we're not going to let our kids run around the you know town usually by themselves. And I kept saying to myself, well, if I send them across town and Ben Franklin's with them, isn't that an adult, right? So I mean, you know, he, he do this silly stuff. So trying to figure out how to get rid of the mother. Um, and then the other thing was that I wanted Nolan tells the story, it's in first person, but I wanted Ben Franklin to come and tell some stories from his past, and those are actually nonfiction. They're, they stick completely to the truth. So I wanted him to tell this story, and what I discovered when I went back to write Franklin's stories into the main body of the text was that when you have one character that's telling first person an account, another person comes in and tells his first person an account, that is unbelievably boring. Um, and so for a while I thought, um, I'm doomed. I'm either going to have to write this book third person, which I don't want to do, or 
I'm going to have to find another way. And I found another way. I was sort of struck with it, seriously struck with it one night. I thought to myself, why not do graphic novels? Something else that um, Colby Sharp told me that kids really enjoyed in his class was the graphic novel. And so for me, that was brand new. That was a brand new form. I'd never tackled that before. So I got to write a graph, you know, little graphic novel interstitials, and that turned out to be a lot of fun. I just want to delight kids. That's what, this is what that whole goal, I mean, it's not great literature. It's not like award-winning literature. It's not even the goal. Um, what I really want is for kids just to really like it. I want kids to really enjoy it. I want, I want to delight them with it. I want them to laugh. Um, if they learn a little bit about Benjamin Franklin, if you think if they end up and go, he's a cool guy, I wish I'd known him myself, all the better. Um, I want him to have a little bit of an adventure. Um, that's, that's what I want. I just want to delight kids. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Yarn. Thank you, Philip Stead, for creating our theme song. High five to my good friend and co-host, Travis Yonker, for editing this episode. Additional music for this episode comes from Scott Holmes via the Free Music Archive. If you have an idea for a season or episode of The Yarn, or you just want to chat about books, send us an email, theyarnpodcast at gmail.com. I'm Colby Sharp. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.